0: Discussing world-changing ideas through real conversations. Exploring the potential of technology to solve the most critical challenges facing business, people and the planet. Coming up.
1: If your power supply comes at a reasonable price, probably don't have to uh, think too much about microgrids. If you are somewhere um, and you have to deal with outages, if your production is really affected, this would be then part of the business case, which could put you in a situation where it might make sense to think about microgrids.
0: This is the Real Conversations podcast by Nokia. Here is Michael Hainsworth. Not every corporate campus, mining operation or community needs a microgrid. So who needs a reliable, independent supply of electricity? And why is a renewable microgrid not always the go-to solution? Dr. Thomas Hillig advises companies on sustainability, renewables, and when a microgrid makes sense at TH Energy. And like many of the people we've spoken to, his past helps inform the future, as he made the leap from the old world of big electricity into the 21st century.
1: I had a background in environmental services for conventional energy, uh, for gas-fired power plants, for coal-fired power plants, filter equipment, and so on. Uh, After that, I um, already was in the renewable energy sector, but I was working in uh, PV module sales and I also was responsible for PV projects, um, typical stuff somewhere in Europe uh, or the US, uh, free field installations. After that, I wanted to start something on my own and I wanted to rely on stable framework conditions. So, typically not on uh, regularly changing policies. Um, In standard renewables, um, basically, uh, you had a good year in in Spain, after that a good year in the German market, after that a good year in Italy and the UK. Um, But I decided to do something really strange, actually um, two pretty big contrasts. Renewables, on the one hand, side, but for the mining industry, for remote mining, uh, where you have large amounts of energy consumption and um, actually uh, microgrids, uh, because you have to do the mining where the resources are and not where electricity is the cheapest.
0: A microgrid isn't just the same as a regular grid, only smaller. Explain the significance of a microgrid being an island. Microgrids
1: allow under certain circumstances, for an islanded power generation. So in the end, you decouple from the national grid uh, in a microgrid, or I'm not connected at all. This is the second option. And, um, and then you generate electricity locally and consume it also locally. It does not have to be 100% of the time. You could be, a village could be connected to the national grid, but under certain circumstances, for example, if there are hurricanes, if um, there are certain wildfire conditions, it could make sense to decouple a certain section of the grid from the national grid. And this is uh, what is a microgrid in the end.
0: We talk a lot about the issue in North America being that we have an aging infrastructure for electricity generation and transmission, and that this may be a solution as well. But to your point, you could have this in a faraway region that doesn't have access to transmission lines that that exist. Uh, when we think of the technology that underpins a modern microgrid, I suppose we need to look at both the software and the hardware, what, what role does artificial intelligence and algorithms play in the software? In the software
1: side, you in the end uh, want to match um, renewable energy or energy generation um, at all or in, in total with consumption. So um, demand and supply uh, should be matched in an optimized way. And for this, uh, in a typical microgrid, at least in the sophisticated ones, you have plenty of sensors, you have plenty of input data, and uh, AI uh, algorithms and machine learning actually help to uh, optimize this matching of demand and supply.
0: Is this the kind of thing where you need to bring inside help for? It doesn't sound like, the, like you can just go to your local electronics store and buy an AI that helps you with a microgrid. Yeah, actually,
1: microgrid solutions are more something for communities. So, if you have your own um, PV panel uh, or array on the roof, uh, you would not talk about a microgrid. So, it is for villages and uh, it is indeed a, mo- a little bit more sophisticated uh, solution. Absolutely.
0: What about the control technology? When it comes to the hardware, are we talking about IoT, the Internet of Things? The Internet of,
1: of Things can play an important role. There are different degrees of sophistication in microgrids. For example, at remote sites in Africa, uh, where microgrids could bring power, electricity for the first time to um, people that did not have access to power before, there typically uh, you won't have um, microgrids that are so sophisticated. If we talk, what you mentioned before, uh, about um, improving aging infrastructure in the US, this is
0: absolutely an IoT topic. IoT and 5G are very complementary technologies. What role does the wireless technology and the service provider for it play in a modern microgrid? Microgrid, Microgrids are very much about
1: collecting um, big tons of data. So, uh, one of the typical expressions is uh, if you want to optimize a microgrid, you have to get um, through a whole lake of data. And to collect this data, some of this um Uh, data is in stable environments. Some is uh, also moving. So um, some is very centralized directly at the grid. Sometimes you have to go a little bit beyond the borders um, of the microgrid. Um, And in the end of connecting um, endless amounts of data and sensors
0: to the central control unit, 5G um, is an ideal fit. To your point, it's not just outfitting um, regions in Africa that don't have access to electricity right now, talking about communities, but but also campuses. If I understand correctly, Siemens has a microgrid in Vienna.
1: Absolutely. Yes, they have a microgrid in Vienna. And um, basically, the capacity of their power connection uh, was not big enough uh, for the challenges of um, providing e-mobility solutions to their employees. Um, And um, so they decided to um, generate more electricity on site um, actually and um, to have a microgrid, but I have to admit uh, they have a little bit uh, different definition of microgrid. Um, 95%, I think, of the people uh, were sticking to my definition. Here we have the definition that you have to control main parameters, main power parameters on site. Um, And then in the end, uh, they cannot uh, run the microgrid in an islanded uh, mode, but they could avoid to upgrade uh, the grid connection by producing more um, electricity actually on site directly at the campus.
0: And when we expand out the idea of incorporating uh, 5G and uh, in IoT down the road, I, I can imagine we, we, we think about you know, smart cities and things of that nature. You've got um, uh, electric cars that um, require electricity and therefore knowing how much consumption they're taking in from the grid would be a critical component to feeding into that data lake, as you point out.
1: Absolutely. Um, microgrids um, and e-mobility, as mentioned also in Vienna. So there the approach actually is for employees, uh, if they charge during their working time, during daytime. Um, but and uh, then driving patterns um, to have information which service technician typically goes how far or uh, what is uh, the load um, level when he typically returns from, from his trip. Uh, what kind of car does he have? Uh, so all this information would be part of the data lake and uh, would
0: be used actually to optimize um, then the microgrid. Well, that's interesting. So it's not just a, a far future kind of next generation microgrid in smart city type technology. It's something that we're using right now. Um, Absolutely. Quite. A, you pointed out that there are quite a, a few views on just what a microgrid is. And I suppose there are expectations that it's all renewable energy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think many people, if they refer to microgrids uh, these days, it is a buzzword, uh, think that it is the Swiss army knife of the uh, energy transition. Actually, if you really stick to the original definition, probably um, it is not that much as Swiss Army knife of the energy transition. Most of the microgrids that are out there are uh, in the end uh, small diesel gensets, also bigger diesel gensets. And as the name says, diesel gensets um, are not renewable or at least uh, 99% of the diesel uh, that is uh, used uh, apart from some biodiesel, uh, maybe. But the challenge then is to decarbonize also these microgrids that are out there today, for example, in remote mining or also a neighborhood uh, diesel gensets in remote Africa somewhere. Um, so to make them actually um, more renewable, to run them on renewable energy and um, to gradually replace their diesel consumption or heavy fuel oil consumption um, by renewable energy, such as solar
0: and wind energy. When it comes to renewable energy though what's the state of battery energy storage? yeah, battery energy storage is
1: ideally fit for example um if you have a solar array and if the solar array is shaded um and then if you have in the background also um, a conventional generator running that you can switch off the battery is a bridge to back up um, pretty often that allows for switching off um, the uh, conventional uh, generator during the day. Um, and um, in the end, also, they are great um, to improve certain power parameters to make uh, the energy um, generation uh, more stable. Next step actually uh, would be to um, rely on a different type of batteries, so-called um long-duration energy storage systems. Um, here, the focus would be then also to um, to rely on um, renewable energy or well, on fluctuating energy sources during nighttime or during the whole night. And uh, what is even more challenging um, during seasonal, uh, if there are seasonal differences, for example, if you have one week um, without any sun or wind, and that you can then also rely uh, on renewables. Um, there are flagship projects for that, um, but this is definitely not uh, the state of the art today.
0: Do I understand this correctly? The, the most uh, known sort of battery energy storage technology right now for a microgrid is essentially the same technology as what we've got in our smartphones. A little
1: bit bigger, yes, but uh, actually, yes, it's uh, lithium-ion batteries. If we talk about uh, long-duration energy storage, um, then um, names like Redox Flow uh, would come into play. Um, Also, hydrogen um, as an energy storage um, carrier.
0: How does hydrogen work? Because it was always my assumption that um, hydrogen was a a power generation technology, not a power storage technology. Typically, um, you convert wind
1: energy and solar energy into hydrogen, then you can store it or you can use it also in industrial processes. For example, in the steel industry, and in the glass industry, you can use it for heating, but you can also reconvert it into electricity. So if you convert electricity, renewable energy into hydrogen and recover reconverted later um, into electricity, it is an energy storage uh,
0: medium. Oh, that's fascinating because, as I say, the assumption would be that you would create hydrogen, uh, store it, and then use it to generate electricity. But how are you going to generate that hydrogen in the first place? You could use the renewable sources to uh, pull the hydrogen out of, I, I guess, the air and out of systems because it, it's you know one of the most uh, prevalent elements in the universe
1: yeah actually hydrogen or if we talk about green hydrogen it is generated um, um, mainly or the main input is uh, water Mm -hmm. and uh, then you need huge amounts of energy and if we talk about green energy um, it is then renewable so wind and or solar energy um, to convert the water actually into hydrogen. There's also a natural hydrogen, but that is typically um, not really uh, used for power generation.
0: Does the visibility of renewable help sell a microgrid?
1: Absolutely. I have a nice example. Um,
0: I talked to a Safari
1: Lodge Operator, and they said um, first uh, they were trying to hide away uh, their solar power plants that uh, a microgrid, a remote microgrid at a safari lodge. And um, then they even did tours because they uh, were seeing that people actually liked uh, that the uh, microgrid uh, was powered by renewables, that the lodge was powered by renewables, and it was even a driver um, then for further. Uh, microgrids at different uh, safari lodges and also um, not to hide them so much away. If we uh, talk about communities, for example, um, in Europe or in the US, the situation is very similar. Um, In Germany, there's a big uh, not-in-my-backyard issue, especially with wind power. But if people can invest into local power generation and If they know that, uh, for example, for the upcoming uh, winter, the uh, wind turbines um, that are just built next door would improve their um, power supply uh, situation so that they are in a better position um, when there is a power shortage, for example, in Germany, I think that definitely would help. The pure micro uh, the, sorry the pure wind turbine itself um, that there is a huge um, tower and um, a turbine uh, turning uh, probably
0: that does not help uh, too much after this podcast learn more about this and other insightful topics by going to nokia.com/ thought- leadership there you'll find additional information linked to today's podcast. I was fascinated by something you said right at the beginning of this conversation, and that is that most microgrids are not primarily powered by renewable today. It's a diesel gen set somewhere. What's the evolution of the microgrid look like if we're trying to get away from fossil fuels? The low-hanging fruits, basically, and uh, the best business case is just
1: to um, replace a little bit of um, diesel by renewable energy, so uh, without any energy storage. Um, So you could inject uh, or go up to 20% of renewable power um, and uh, that does not translate to 20% um, of um, diesel consumption or of diesel reduction. You would be uh, much lower. So depending on the actual application, maybe 10%, maybe even uh, only 5%. The next step Uh, would uh, then be to come up with more sophisticated solutions where you have then uh, advanced control systems. There you could go well beyond. Next step would be to add um, uh, lithium-ion batteries, about which we uh, talked before. And then the next step um, would be to go to um, long-duration energy uh, storage uh, systems. And um, the final stage is really to kick out all kinds of uh, backup gensets. sets uh, also. Um, this could be if you have uh, very seasonal applications, if you are in areas where you um, know uh, that there's a high probability that you run uh, without um, solar and wind energy, you have to deal with uh, very low irradiations and hardly any wind speed over longer time periods. This is a challenge. And this would
0: be then also very costly. You mentioned the term business case. Um, Let's sort of dig into that for a moment. As you point out, there are steps you can take to wean a microgrid off diesel genset systems. Why not just jump in all in at the very beginning? How how do you build that business case to take a microgrid from a diesel-based system to a 100% renewable system? The
1: different steps which I just explained are a little bit also uh, associated to different cost levels. Mm-hmm. So the first step, uh, just going in and replacing diesel gens or n- diesel um, by in the end uh, you could let's assume you could do a 5 megawatt plant without any storage. Next step would be for the next 5 megawatt, you need another 5 megawatt of solar plus energy storage. So the investment cost for the same amount of renewable energy would then be considerably higher if you add storage. And then if you want to run fully without diesel Uh, then you have to oversize or you have to uh, get, relatively speaking, more storage uh, also uh, into the microgrid. Um, So this can be really a cost challenge. The last percentage or the last 5 to 10 percent, they will be very costly. If you start from scratch, the situation is not so much different um, because um, you have to rely, if you go renewable, in most of the places on solar and on wind power these two power sources are um, uh, not stable. They are fluctuating. So you need something to balance. And then you are, again, you need energy storage to balance or uh, you need a flexible energy source like Gen said. It could be biodiesel uh, in the end. Um, but if you really want to scale up this whole development, um, there won't be enough uh, biodiesel. Uh, there will be a shortage of biodiesel um
0: if you want to balance all microgrids uh, with biodiesel. And and as you've pointed out, this isn't just about building a microgrid for a community. There are enterprises that have a a need for a microgrid. It could be a remote mining operation, but maybe it's an automotive factory campus. Maybe it's a university campus. How do you make the business case to pull a large enterprise off a national grid and uh, build a microgrid instead. Is it um, a financial business case, or is it more about reducing carbon footprint and the acknowledgement by industry that they need to do that? How do you how do you make the business case?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the main or main component of the business case is resilience. Um, if you need uh, better power quality uh, than you are getting or that, than you think you will be getting in the future uh, from the grid. For example, if we talk about hospitals, um, they already have uh, backup diesel gensets uh, today. If, if they think, for example, in the US, uh, that there's a higher risk that they have to run larger, large amounts of time on these diesel uh, backup gensets it could make sense uh, to come up with more um, local uh, decentralized um, renewables um, in the end. And just putting more renewables at a certain um, place does not mean um, that you can really run um, f- f- a certain site fully on these renewals. It is also the aspect of having a grid forming element. So um, normally uh, these are conventional power plants. And these are uh, large coal-fired power plants. And these are um, gas-fired power plants. Um, they form the grid and then you add some renewals. If you go into this islanded mode, something else has to form the grid. And um, this could be diesel gensets um, or energy storage. But then you are in a completely different um, situation. And I have not really fully answered uh, your question. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's an incredibly complex question. It it is a, comp- a complex question. So for university campuses, uh, just as a background information, I think it is just they want to show they want to demonstrate uh, what is technically feasible. Probably you don't have even a business case. Mm. Um, it's playing around a little bit, and um, and there are not too many enterprises who f- fully go off the grid. Uh, I don't know any big factory that was on the grid before so that you just take off uh, fully off the
0: grid. So then let me wrap up our time together by asking you this question. What is the most important advice you provide to a client interested in building a microgrid?
1: I think it's very important to know which problems the microgrid should solve. If it is just about getting cheap electricity, probably the microgrid is not um, the easiest solution you have at hand. You could also um, source um, electricity through co- corporate power purchase agreements. If you need a power of a higher quality than you're getting from the grid, then in most of the situations, it's very difficult for you to actually convert Uh, the power grid then you might have to do something locally but be aware why do you need a microgrid what are your problems if you don't have any problem at all uh, today if you can't for example source um, clean energy at acceptable conditions if your power supply comes at a reasonable price probably don't have to uh, think too much about microgrids if you are somewhere um, and you have to deal with outages, if your production is really affected, this would be then part of the business case, which could put you in a situation where it might make sense to think about microgrids.
0: Building a future that's productive, sustainable and inclusive in a world that acts together. Discover how by visiting nokia.com slash thought-leadership.